I know I speak for both me and Jessica when I say just how blessed we are to serve in this church with so many wonderful people. Uh, we could honestly not do what we do without everyone who serves in this place. Um, but today being Pastor Appreciation Day, I, I couldn't start off a sermon without some recognition of my own from, for some of my favorite pastors. Sound good? And uh, of course, I want to start with Pastor Doug Watson, who's been my pastor since 2003. Uh, Doug went to the University of South Carolina. He was a youth pastor um, after that, before moving to Richmond, Virginia in 2000, where he became the pastor of Harvest Renewal Church. Uh, he now operates in an apostolic function in his own organization, Harvest International Network. And I love it when Pastor Doug comes here and gets to speak, and I hope you do too. Um, there's also Pastor Josh Grimes. He's my other pastor. I've known Josh for five years now when I came into the Open Bible Network. Uh, pastor Josh, he was 18 when he planted his first church, and he has since become the director of the Eastern District of Open Bible. And obviously, neither one of them could be here today. Uh, Doug is in Europe doing ministry. And um, Josh, he lives in Ohio, so I don't think he was going to make the drive today. But these two men, they sit on our apostolic board, and they offer advice and counsel to myself and our board, and their experience in wisdom is absolutely necessary for us to, to do what we do here. But that's not all. We also have Pastor Philip Botts, who also couldn't be here today, uh, a man who has had a call in his life since before he was born. Pastor Philip and his wife, Amy, they joined us months ago. Um, but you may not know that they bring years of experience. Uh, Philip pastored a church himself uh, for quite some time, but he wanted more. And when I met him in July of 2021, I knew he was bound for great things. And Philip and I, we, we always have the joke that we are both Bapticostal Calmenians. And as, as our theology stretches over so many different denominations and and like I said, Philip couldn't be here today because the Navy has beckoned once again, uh, but we'll recognize him properly when he returns. Sound good? Uh, Navon Lindo over here, he's an ordained minister himself, and he runs the King's Collective Network and holds degrees from Herbert H. Lehman College, uh, Anderson University School of Theology, and Regent University. He graduated from the United States Army Chaplain School in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, He's a former associate dean and professor from Strayer University, and he brings a wide array of giftings to our church as well. Thank you so much, Navon. We also have Pastor Bud Bond here. Pastor Bud was a chaplain in the United States Navy. Uh, he ministered to countless soldiers over the years, many times praying as they lay dying, and in other cases, men who were told they wouldn't live but miraculously survived. Upon retirement from the military, uh, Bud was and is a, a Lutheran minister, a, a charismatic Lutheran minister. And he and his wife, uh, they ran healing centers, and then they run the one in Williamsburg to this very day. Speaking of Bud's wife, Elaine Vaughn, ordained through Kenneth Hagen, has been doing healing ministry this entire time. Uh, she's opened healing centers all over the world. You can catch her on Thursdays at the Williamsburg Healing Center if you, if you have a need. I know I have. And I know many of us have personal testimonies from when Elaine has prayed for us, and she's just an amazing woman of God. Yes. And, wait, you can, yeah. Hey. <laughs> this isn't a spectator sport. 
And of course, we have Terry over here. Terry is ordained with the Baptists. Terry, we, we love having here. I, every time I ask Terry to pray, something moves, something happens. I'm always inspired by Terry when he comes in here. There have been times that I've had a need and I've gone to Terry. And I just love it when he closes that prayer with, in Jesus' name. And you know he means it every time. Pastor Randy Mathis is in our midst. Sometimes, sometimes you can see him playing his bass on stage when I'm not or when Caden is not. Uh, but you also might know he's the chaplain of the Windsor Mead Retirement Community, a position that I once held. Uh, Randy went to Southwestern Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, and he was ordained at Bon Air Baptist Church. In the 30 years that he has served as pastor, he has served at Lakeside Baptist in Texas, Bethlehem Baptist in Henrico, and then Southampton Baptist Church while working uh, with Bonaire. And then First Baptist West Point, then Crosswalk Community Church, and he was the senior pastor at the Point Community Church in West Point, Virginia. Amen. <laughs> then we have the other Pastor Randy. Pastor Randy Altona. Where's Randy? There he is. He's right there. Yes. Yes. I love Randy Altona. You know, when I first started here, I remember the first time that we had communion. And I said, well, well, how do we do communion here? And I was just told, it's taken care of. Pastor Randy has it. <laughs> and he always has. Uh, Randy, I think I've done communion one time in the four years that I've been here. Other than that, it's always been Randy. And I'm always blessed when he does it. Randy is ordained with the Assemblies of God. And he studied at Northwestern University. Uh, another thing about Randy, he's always good for a story. Whether it's while he was serving in the Navy or while he was in Turkmenistan. Was it Turkmenistan? It's, I know it was one of the stands. A lot of stands. Okay. He, for every stand, Randy has a couple stories for you. <laughs> baptizing people, starting churches in some of the most isolated regions of the world. Randy inspires me. He really does. Um, and of course, we have Pastor Mark Stannard, all the way in the back. As most of you know, he was officially ordained just a few weeks ago uh, by Pastor Doug. And if you know anything about Pastor Mark, that's a role he's been called to for his entire life. And you can always find Mark ministering with someone one-on-one, -on -one, giving fatherly advice that is so needed in this day and age. And I value the talents that Mark brings to our church and to our elder board. I also want to acknowledge we have two people who are currently pursuing their pastoral credentials with Open Bible, and that's Matt and Andrea Brummett. And quite a while back, the Brummets, they told me and Jessica they were looking for a new career once Matt retires from the Coast Guard. But it was more than a career they were looking for. They wanted to fulfill a calling in their life. And they're currently our next generation directors, and I believe God has great things in store, not only for them, uh, but for the people that they're going to minister in the years to come. Yes, am I missing anyone? Because <laughs> I know we have a lot here. You know, we have a lot of young people that came out today um, from Christ for All Nations, and many of them are in school right now pursuing their pastoral credentials. And Pastor Sean is in here as well visiting today. And, and Sean, I don't know everything about you or really anything about you other than you're here, but we honor you today and thank you so much for being here. And I know that everyone in here has a calling on your lives in some way. Maybe it's a church planter. Maybe you're a worship leader. or Maybe you're a servant of the Lord in another way.
Uh, but the title of shepherd or pastor, it's something so dear. It is not for the faint of heart. Every day you deal with people, and then you deal with more people. There's misunderstandings, there's unfair expectations, and sometimes little earthly reward, but that's not why we do it. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet and applaud each of these people that I have recognized right now. And, and I, I acknowledge a simple fact with all of you around, I stand on the shoulders of giants. And I thank you and honor you for choosing to be a part of the body of Living Hope Church. Thank you all so very much. Wonderful. All right, we can all go home now, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> we do have some special guests here that I've already acknowledged, and they're with Christ for All Nations. Uh, how many people are excited about the event that's going to happen this week? I know I am. It's going to be great. And is it, uh, Daniel, are you going to come up and present, or who, who's going to come up? If you all want to come up, you can. We're going to start the video first. Okay, let's start the video first, and then we'll get these guys to come up. And see, there goes Pastor Matt again. Hello, everybody. I'm Daniel Kalenda. I'm the leader of the Ministry of Christ for All Nations, which is hosting the Williamsburg Awakening event that's taking place on October 14th through the 16th in downtown Williamsburg on the lawn of the Arts Museum. I want to tell you, I'm so excited about this. I believe it's going to be a historic event. I'm personally coming with an amazing team, including Eddie James, who's going to be leading worship, and evangelists Joe Turnbull and McCoby Donaldson. And we're coming right there to the birthplace of America. And we're believing that a move of God is going to be birthed in that place that will spread across the nation and change history for the glory of God. Whatever you do, you're not going to want to miss this. I want to encourage you to go and register for free right now. You can do that by clicking on the link in the bio. And I'll see you October 14th through the 16th in downtown Williamsburg on the lawn of the Arts Museum for Williamsburg Awakening. Amen. Amen. So right now I'm going to call everyone up from Christ for All Nations. If you all want to come, you can. All right. All right, Daniel, here you go. All right. Thank you, Pastor Bill and uh, Jessica and all the leadership here. Wow. When I walked into this church, I just felt there's such a solid foundation here. I was like, this church is a powerhouse. And uh, praise God. I mean, so much leadership. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're with Christ for All Nations. My name is Daniel, and we have Sean, Mira, Travis, and Heidi. So we're going to be passing out some tickets for the event. You don't actually have to have a ticket to go to the event, but we want you to look at that. If you have any, uh, you can register by scanning the QR code. Um, and, yeah. So we are super excited about the event that's coming up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, Eddie James and Daniel Kalenda um, are going to be there preaching. Joe Turnbull, uh, McCoby Donaldson. And we are looking forward to a harvest of souls here in Williamsburg. Okay. Um, I noticed at the 
yesterday at the prayer meeting and out on the streets, I'm seeing several faces that were there. And I know there's pastors in this room, and I obviously can see there's some evangelists in this church also. So that's awesome. If those people could stand up who are out on the streets. And yes. Hallelujah. Steve. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we just want to encourage you. There's going to be more opportunities every single day of the week. We're going to be going out, sharing the gospel on the streets. There's going to be training for evangelism. And um, if anybody knows someone who needs Jesus, can you raise your hand? Pretty much everybody, right? So that is the main thing. Um, we believe at CFAN that, that evangelism flows out of the church and it flows back into the church. So we are here for you because we know you're energized and we can see that out of many, many, many churches in this area, there are churches that are coming together and y'all are on the cutting edge of what God is doing in America. And we're seeing it all over the world. We're seeing the masses. God is pouring out his spirit in a mighty way all across the face of the earth. And we believe that what's taking place here in Williamsburg is sweeping America. It's going to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, so I would like a couple testimonies from our boot camp students about what they've been seeing on the streets. And I know this is impromptu, but... I, we've seen salvations, and we've been seeing them in Orlando. And any of you who are out on the street, I know in particular, start thinking about who wants to share a testimony. Um, I was with Steve, and uh, we knocked on a door, and he was, he was just there sharing the gospel, led a girl to the Lord at an apartment complex. Three minutes before that, I was over at a car. There's a guy standing there. I'm like, I don't know, Lord, but let's go for it. Gave his heart to the Lord right there. And so, you know, the fields are ripe for the harvest, and we just need laborers. Amen? So, you got one, Mira? All right. It is so amazing to see what God is doing here, especially with young people. So yesterday we went to the William & Mary College, um, and we went there two times, so in the morning and then also in the evening. And there are so many young people that are just walking around. They're ready. They're hungry. And so what I've been feeling so much of is that there's been people that have been praying and interceding for Williamsburg, Virginia, for the revival of Virginia. And you can feel it because you come up and you share the gospel with somebody and they just receive it. And so there was uh, 56 salvations yesterday, I think. On your streets in Williamsburg, Virginia, yes. Praise God. And so there were so many moments of us just coming up. Um, for example, I came up to two boys, and I just said, like, there was one boy wearing a cross on his earring. And so that's a good way, by the way, a tip, if you're looking to share the gospel with somebody. A lot of people wear crosses, and they don't even know what it means. And so you just say, hey, I see you have a cross. Do you know Jesus? And usually they're like, no, I don't know. And so that's a good tip, by the way, as you guys are going to be sharing the gospel. But um, I said, oh, you have a cross, you know, like, do you know Jesus? He said, I don't know. I'm just wearing it. And so I got to share the full gospel, simple gospel. And I said to these two boys, do you guys want to receive Jesus? And they said, yeah, I don't see why not, you know. And so same thing, just going 
from person to person and people are receiving and so receptive and we went also last night um, around 8 p.m. to 10 and 11 p.m. just walking around where the homecoming is where the game was and to all the bars and people are just so receptive and open all we have to do is just give them the gospel there's so many amazing stories of um, people rededicating their lives to Jesus people saying yes to Jesus again and people are like why are you spending time on me I'm nobody you know but it's just the love of Jesus the power of God we've seen healings as well um, we were walking down a street and there was a man in his car and usually you wouldn't want to stop someone that's busy because you feel uncomfortable you know um, but one of our friends he stopped him and he's like uh, do you know Jesus? Can I share the love of Jesus? And he was on the phone with a guy. And um, that guy heard, overheard the conversation. He said, wait, I want to give my life to Jesus too. And so he gave his life to Jesus over the phone. And so this same guy that was in his car and on the phone, he said, I actually have stomach problems. So we prayed for him. He got completely healed from the stomach problems. And as we kept walking on the streets, maybe 30 minutes later, um, this friend that he was on the phone with was on the street and he got to, in real, in real time, finally, not over the phone, it was actually one of our other people and he said, wait, I just, I heard this message. I just gave my life to Jesus over the phone. And so it was just amazing what happens when you just go out and step out in boldness. We got to go to another church, uh, Bethel Restoration, and we got to equip and train up um, people from other churches and just we got to see them evangelize and go out and preach the gospel for the very first time and they were so excited and so just fired up so we're so excited what god is doing here there's many 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 more testimonies but make sure you're out there at the event and a lot of you got multiple little papers just give them to anyone you see at the coffee shops at the stores anywhere but god bless you guys thank you for having us hallelujah hallelujah all right, so what we have here is, if you want more information on the event, just scan that QR code, take some time to do that right now. Um, and then we, <clears throat> definitely wanna bring you uh, abreast on what's happening Wednesday night. So this is critical and the churches in this area are coming together. And there's, some, there's been some breakthroughs and some restoration and relationships with churches. And this is like, if nothing else happens, getting churches on the same page, getting churches and leadership, moving in the direction of reaching the loss and advancing the kingdom in Williamsburg in America, this is huge. So Wednesday night, can everybody say October 12th? October 12th, yes. Um, over at the Crosswalk Norge campus. Um, and you can talk to us later if you want to find out exactly where that is. Probably some of you know where that is. Um, and yeah, we're seeing, we're just, we're just seeing people come together in a way that um, is definitely supernatural. And even the, even the field where we're having the event was actually given to us for three days by, by uh, CW over there for free. And uh, so things are falling together, and it's, it's just amazing. And also, we want to just honor uh, all of you who have been praying for your city, who have a heart for your city, who love America, who love where you live. We just ran into somebody at an apartment 
that was 83 years old. She's been praying for this city. She says, I've been wanting an awakening in Williamsburg for decades. So this is happening. And um, so the ticket, you can register. There they are, yeah. And we also have a card for if you want to volunteer at the event, you can volunteer. Just scan the QR code back there. We'll help you out with whatever we can to get you involved. Travis back there is holding it up. Um, so yeah, just one more hand clap for Jesus, and we, uh, we appreciate you all so much. God bless you. Thanks, Daniel. We're very excited about this event. And uh, by the way, our church has a table and a tent for the event. And if anyone would like to serve... Um, at the tent, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, we're, we're passing around clipboards so that you can sign up. Sound good? All right. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord today? Yeah? Good. Good. I, for one, am so thrilled about, the, about Christ for all nations. Um, I, I believe... What times are they? Five. Seven o'clock. Okay, good. Saturday is earlier? Huh. Three o'clock. How about these guys send me an email? I'll put it out this afternoon, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, well, I, regardless, whatever time it happens, I believe it's going to be a great event, and it's going to change Williamsburg for the better for generations to come. <clears throat> And events like this, they're not just successful when we just kind of haphazardly put them together and just say, okay, God, now you have to show up. You know, they're successful when God sets it up and we, in our obedience, desire in our hearts to do his will. Amen? And I believe we're going to see miracles, healings, transformations. It's going to be wonderful. And I do hope that everyone can be there to see what God does as he brings his church back to the fold and people back into his presence. Because this is the kind of stuff that we pray for, isn't it? This is what we want. We want to see revival. We want to see change for the better. We want to see our culture reflect a godliness, a reverence for God that we've lost over time and so many of us desperately want back. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. It's not often we go to this book, is it? Because let's face it, in the past few decades, things have changed in our country. <clears throat> Anyone over a certain age sees it. Things were different a few decades ago. Biblical values were something that people took seriously once upon a time, and now everyone awaits to see where the next outrage is going to come from, Right? You know, I always think about those movies where it kind of goes through generations and, and maybe you see the same actor playing a different uh, person every generation, but you see that things change and go on a decline. But you know, the more things change, in, in the words of Yogi Berra, the, the more things change, the more they stay the same. That's exactly right. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, written by Solomon when he was an old man. Uh, to put it one way, and, and let's just say he's not having a great day. Because it reads in verse 8, All things are wearisome, 
More than anyone can say, the eye is not satisfied by seeing or the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Can one say about anything, look, this is new. It has already existed in the ages, in the ages before us. There's no remembrance of those who came before and of those who will come after. There will also be no remembrance by those who follow them. Let me ask, is there anything new under the sun? Or are the ramblings of some old fool taken wildly out of context? What do you think? I'm only 42 years old. And, and, but the older I get, the more I notice the passage of time taking its toll. And you know what? There is still evil out there. There is still war. There is still disease. There's a lot of stuff that's been there since Adam and Eve first ate that fruit. And to say that there's nothing new under the sun, it, it has quite a bit of truth to it. It really does. Civilizations, they rise and fall. And, and maybe we're seeing a decline in our civilization. We can say, well, well that's happened before right? And that's somewhat a depressing place to be, because all we can really do is watch it happen. And if you, you ever read Ecclesiastes, gosh, what a sad book. Solomon, he pursued so many different ventures. He asked God for wisdom, and he gets it, but he found it to be limiting. He pursued pleasure. He pursued possessions. He pursued work, wealth, knowledge, so many things, and he found it all in the end to be meaningless. How sad. How sad. And the world tells us those are the things we should pursue. We should pursue knowledge, and we should pursue riches and possessions. You know, just a week ago, a little pop culture for you, a friend sent me an article, and it was written about one of the most famous and wealthiest rock stars in the world. Okay, a man, he's from the same family as Solomon, actually. He's a Jewish man, and his name is Gene Simmons from the rock group Kiss. He's now in his 70s. Yeah, he's the guy with the tongue. So, But I, I would not recommend buying any of his albums. First of all, most of what they sing about is less than honorable. Second of all, second of all, they've sold enough albums. They've sold over 100 million albums worldwide. And Gene Simmons, a Jewish immigrant born in Israel, he is worth $400 million. I'd say he's done pretty well for himself. But, but this interview he gave, it, it was really sad to me. It says, KISS co-founder Gene Simmons has admitted he doesn't have any friends. The polarizing rock legend doesn't hold back when it comes to sharing his opinion. He's burned his fair share of bridges over the years. In a new interview, Simon spoke just as candidly about his own solitude. Even today, as I sit here, other than his bandmate, Paul Stanley, and we only get together when we do stuff for the band. How do I say this without sounding inhuman? I don't have friends. Simmons previously opened up about his working relationship with guitarist Paul Stanley and his choice to actively not have friends in a 2006 interview. I have almost no friends, he said at the time, on purpose. I prefer acquaintances. I don't expect anything from anyone, and I don't want anyone coming to me with their problems. Everyone is a grown-up, but I digress. 
Calling Stanley the brother I never had, Simmons goes on to say that the two live near one another, but don't see each other often. That's a lonely place to be, isn't it? And he has himself convinced that it's okay. You know, nobody he can turn to, nobody he can count on, nobody he can pray with when he's going through something. And that $400 million that he has earned over the last 50 years of making music very likely can't bring him a lot of comfort in that time of stress. And just like Solomon, the money, the knowledge, the possessions have brought him nothing but more sorrow. You know, whenever I read Ecclesiastes, I, I, I have to ask God, why, what are you trying to tell me? And moreover, what are you trying to tell every Christian and Jew throughout history who have had the pleasure of reading this uplifting book? And I believe it's the perfect book of reflection when we need to take a solid, objective look at our relationship with God. And Gene Simmons and Solomon, they have something in common other than their Jewish blood. I believe they both needed a better relationship with God. And don't you think God can fill the void in all of those areas in our lives? I know he can. He very much can. I know that when he does, life is no longer meaningless. It has more meaning than you could possibly ever know. There's purpose. There's destiny. There's a drive that brings you places you never thought you would go, even if it's down the street to invite someone to this event this week. And since we're in a series called Cultural Conversations, I ask you, how does this look to our surrounding culture? They must think we're crazy. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> we are the people of God. Things are a little different for us. Amen. Yes, we witness the passage of time, but does it phase us? Knowing what we know about Jesus and his return? That doesn't phase us at all. Now, do we get bogged down when we read the news? No, we look on with wisdom and we say to ourselves, any day now. And I think that expectancy is normal. It doesn't mean we don't do nothing in the meantime. But let me ask, did anyone make the mistake of reading the news this past week? I, I know I did. Every single turn you see something to get upset about. The economy, gas prices, Ukraine, Russia, elections, the list goes on. Name it. It was written to bring out emotions. Because I have news for you. Bad news sells. As much as bad news sells, you and I have access to something much more special. Much more special than bad news. You know what that is? The good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the voice of God telling us that his son is coming back. And brace yourselves because it's going to topple all expectations. You know how much Jesus changes things when he shows up on the scene? Every time, and he's been doing it for 2,000 years. And I think he enjoys that quite a bit. I know I do. People witnessing a world where there's nothing new. <clears throat> and the prophet Malachi, he even confirms this. And you don't have to, I'm going to do kind of a speed round here with a few scriptures. But Malachi 3.6, he goes much deeper than Solomon ever did in Ecclesiastes. And he says, I, the Lord, do not change. He doesn't. And most men over time have said, well, that's good to know. 
But on some level, he must change. Right? You can see it reflected in sermons and in writings. Well, those rules were put in place. Those, those Ten Commandments, those laws on purity and immorality, those have changed, right? No. They, they, they haven't. It was not a trick question, trust me. You know, Jesus, he didn't come to abolish the law. He came to do what? Fulfill it. Ceremonial laws have been fulfilled. The moral laws are the same. <clears throat> so what changes? Some people believe that God's word must change, or at least at best adapt to keep up with the times. Ever been to one of those churches? <laughs> I'm going to go with what Jesus says. And Jesus strongly validated the scriptures when he called them truth. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. Does truth change? No. Does it change based on my ability to stomach it? I'm not comfortable with that truth. I, I, it must not be truth. Does it change based on a culture's desire to believe it? Does it change simply because we don't like it? Of course not. And if it did, it wouldn't be the truth. It really wouldn't. Matthew 5.18 says, For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. So if God doesn't change, then his word doesn't change. Amen. His truth, his standards, and the way of salvation, it never changes. Wow. You know, Solomon was more right than I'm giving him credit for. Maybe he was wiser than I thought. But you know what else Jesus says in John 14, verse 6? And, and this was sung in the song today. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through who? Me. Not me, Jesus. Don't, 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 don't come to God and say, hey, Bill said he's the way. No, it wasn't me. <clears throat> but then Jesus says, if you know me, you will also know my Father. <clears throat> From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And we, as changeable humans, we do not have the power or authority to change God's word. And I have to be honest, if I was ever tasked with that, I'd be a little nervous. Because it would be foolish to try. Why mess with something that is perfect? Why? Muhammad didn't die for anyone's sin. And if he did, his tomb still has a corpse in it. He didn't rise from the dead. You know, for the Hindus, the death of Jesus wasn't good enough. We have to keep dying and keep dying and keep dying and keep getting reborn. One, one death wasn't good enough for them. How sad. For the atheists, it doesn't matter. And so many others have put their own opinions into the mix. And we're all probably guilty of it on some level. You know, I have a proposition. Let's take my opinion and your opinion and just throw that in the garbage and just go with what God has to say. Amen? It's a recipe for disaster otherwise. So there's nothing new under the sun. Man doesn't change. God doesn't change. The Word doesn't change. Does anything change? What changes? You said it. Man changes. Yes. Jesus changes us. Think about it. There were two events that changed people. And the first was in a garden. And what was that like before? Well, it was paradise. 
It, it sounds pretty awesome to me. Two people in the presence of God, enjoying him. Their every need provided for. Everything was perfect. And someday we're going to experience something very similar. A dialogue, a constant dialogue with God, constant communion with God, sheer perfection. What more could you ask for? But then something changed. Adam and Eve fell into a trap. I'm not letting Adam off the hook here, trust me. They ventured to say, well, maybe there's more. Maybe there's something else that we missed. And a talking serpent was more than happy to show them what they missed. He started with subtlety. Did God really say that you would die? Did he really say that? Well, I'm here to say that there's more out there that you don't know, and you won't die. The church and God's people have fallen into this trap so many times in history, it is sickening. People want to believe there's more. Maybe we missed something. Maybe there's something out there. Maybe, maybe there's some ancient ritual. Maybe there's some ancient knowledge. Maybe there's some new knowledge. Ah, maybe God was lying. Maybe there's more than one way to heaven. Maybe my parents were wrong. I've heard them all. Maybe, maybe this old book needs an update to get with the times. My heart weeps when I hear that because it takes us all another step further from the one who loves us most. It does. From the one who sacrificed his son so that we can come back to that garden someday. And when that first sin occurred, something changed. We were separated from God. But... Like I said, as much bad news as there are in this world, we have good news. A way was made for us to return to him, for us to once again enjoy his presence, and it lasts a week. No, it lasts forever. That's the other thing that changes. Jesus changes us. When we accept Christ, he gives us a new identity a new destiny, a new direction, because something has changed. And it changes in all of us when we come to the altar and bend the knee to the King of Kings. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. Because if you ever needed any further evidence that Jesus is the only way, and I do mean the only way, look no further than this scripture. We can't do it on our own. We are but flesh and blood, and something much grander is at work to pay the debt that we owe. The debt that we owe for the sin we committed. And Paul says it in verse 50. Chapter 15, verse 50. What I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor can corruption inherit incorruption. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be what? Changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed. Don't you get it? There will come a day when in God's eternal plan, he gives those dead 
in the Lord their resurrection bodies. And then in an instant, he gathers all his people to meet Jesus. All the redeemed on the earth at that time will rise up to meet the Lord in the clouds and will receive resurrection bodies. Verse 53. For this, in, for this corruptible body... For this corruptible body must be clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. <clears throat> death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory? Where death is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. He was, is, and always will be the only way to heaven. Can you bend the knee? I believe you can. And if that change has never occurred in your life, well, I have great news. We can do that today before we leave. It's going to be awesome. And if you have people in your life whom you believe have not changed, we're going to pray for them too. We're going to pray for them as long as we can continue praying, as long as there's breath in our lungs. Chris, can you come up? And as we begin this grand event in Williamsburg, we're going to pray for our community. We're going to pray for our culture. Because Paul ends the entire scripture with an encouragement in verse 58. And I love this. And this is a scripture that brings me comfort when I feel like I'm giving it my all and I'm not seeing any fruit. This scripture speaks so true to me and I hope it does for you today. Where he says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. God sees it. God recognizes it. You know, I look down on my children and I'm always so proud of them and the things that they do, whether it's successful or not. You know, and sometimes that's, that's just the way I need to look at God and just say, Abba, Father, Daddy, you know, maybe it wasn't successful. Maybe it didn't quite work out. But here it says that that labor is not in vain. So we look to him. We look to him to see where do we go? What do we do? Where is my place here? Today we're going to end. We're going to pray for our culture. We're going to pray for our city. And I want everyone in here I want you to think about someone that you're praying for, whether they live in Williamsburg or not. Someone that you know needs Jesus in their lives. Someone that you know would benefit from eternal life. And, and that's everyone, isn't it? <laughs> that's every last one. And we all have holes in our hearts of people that we've been praying for for so long. People that we love. People that, you know, maybe, maybe we feel like we've let them down. And I want you to pray for them too. I think we have a great week ahead of us. I think we're going to see so much. We're going to see the miraculous. 
we're going to see lives change. So as we do that, let's remember who our God is and that he doesn't change. His promises are always fresh. So bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for everyone here today. I speak a blessing over everyone in here. As we continue to expand your kingdom through you, we lift up individual people, people that you sent your son to die for, people that can recognize the resurrection and will. We pray for the supernatural in their lives. We pray for dreams and visions and signs and wonders. Things where they say, wow, that, I can't explain that. That must be God. That must be something supernatural in my life. And God, we ask that it just lead them to you and to no one else. God, you are so good. You are so good. We lift up this event. We lift up Christ for all nations. We lift up the team that's coming up. We speak safety over them. We speak traveling mercies over them and a new, fresh anointing. Something new and fresh. Something that's going to spread for the people who live here as well. A new fire. A new desire for us to reclaim Williamsburg and Virginia and the United States and North America and the entire world for you, God. We thank you. We thank you for the days ahead that we will see revival in our lifetime. God, we love you so much. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. If you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray with you. Uh, but we do love you. If we don't see you this week,